is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the governor is being accused of using vaccination sites to reward his political donors. Ron DeSantis just presided over the opening of a new pod serving the whitest and wealthiest areas in Manatee County and was actually offended when local officials asked why he chose that site. You know, I'll tell you what, I mean, I wouldn't be complaining. I'd be thankful that we're able to do it because you know what? We didn't need to do this at all. If they do not want more vaccine here, just let us know and we will make sure that it goes. The governor's response drew a stern rebuke from South Florida Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. To threaten that he'd pull vaccine if people don't like the way the distribution system is working is vile and shows the callous indifference that he has had in his approach to the way the vaccine is handled for this entire year. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed also piled on, calling the governor's actions troubling and potentially illegal. There's a problem with Florida's vaccine supply. The governor says we're short because of the winter storm. It's a combination of the, the weather, the ice, and then obviously the different logistics that result from that. So if you have an appointment like at a Publix for Thursday and they have to delay you, that's, that's almost assuredly why. So just have patience on it. There's nothing we can do with the weather in other states. Today on the Sunshine Science segment, you'll hear from a research professor at the University of Florida who says you really need to pay more attention to the UK variant of COVID-19 because there's more in Florida than any other state, and it's a lot nastier than the original. We have now become the major prominent state with a variant known as B.1.1.7. A Senate committee approves a bill exempting presidential searches at public universities from the Sunshine Law. The sponsor says they might as well because universities have already found a way around it. We're not increasing secrecy or anything like that because no, the boards aren't seeing this information today. It's going to an executive headhunting firm. A ruckus over free speech on campus. Things got mighty tense in the House Post-Secondary Education and Lifelong Learning Subcommittee. It doesn't matter whether you like the speech. It doesn't matter whether you like the speakers. It doesn't matter, Representative Alexander, it's the KKK. You don't like it, walk away. For you to suggest that I should walk away from Florida and University for the original terrorist organization in this country, it's just shameful, Barney, it's shameful. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of two Florida men who tried to get out of wearing a mask by claiming to be federal agents. Then they get to meet a real one. First, though, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity, Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, February 18th. On this date in 1885, Mark Twain published The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. The Ukrainian Revolution of 2014 began on this date as protesters, riot police, and unknown shooters engaged in violent events in the capital of Kiev. The president was ousted five days later. And one year ago today, the Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy amid hundreds of sexual abuse lawsuits. This is also National Drink Wine Day. 
The state health department reported more than 7,300 new cases of COVID-19 Wednesday, along with 165 additional fatalities. Florida's death toll has reached 29,824. The total number of infections is now more than 1,844,000. The pandemic gets political. Governor Ron DeSantis went to the Lakewood Ranch development in Manatee County Wednesday to announce a new vaccination site, and it pretty much blew up in his face. The site was restricted to residents of two zip codes that are the whitest and the wealthiest in the county. And when local officials questioned his choice of locations and suggested it should go to underserved communities, the governor responded by saying if they don't like it, he'll send it elsewhere. Folks are able uh, to, to get in here very easily. There's a high concentration of seniors, and so you're able to use it there. Um, but look, I mean, if Manatee County doesn't like us doing this, then we are totally fine with putting this in counties that want it. Um, and we're totally happy to do that. So anyone that's saying that, let us know. If you want us to send to, to Sarasota next time or Charlotte or Pasco or wherever, uh, let us know. We're happy to do it. But I think most people, if we have an opportunity to, to bring vaccines and do it efficiently, uh, I think that they're going to want it. And so, um, you know, there's going to be folks that are that are going to that are going to complain about getting more vaccines. You know, I'll tell you what, I mean, I wouldn't be complaining. I'd be thankful that we're able to do it because you know what? We didn't need to do this at all. We saw a need. We want to get the numbers up for seniors. And so the logical thing was, let's go to where there's a high concentration of seniors. Now, no one in Manatee County said they don't want vaccine. They were simply concerned about equitable distribution. But when asked point blank about equity, DeSantis simply repeated his previous threat. If they do not want more vaccine here, just let us know and we will make sure that it goes because there's a lot of people that want the vaccine. Uh, and I can tell you our reason for, for doing these pods in these three counties was because the 65 and plus population percentage who had had shots was lower than the state average. And in some cases, a, a lot low. I mean, you have some, some counties that have had 65% of their seniors uh, have already had a shot. And, and there's probably different reasons for that, um, but some of them have done a really good job. So we saw a need and we're able to meet the need. And I think that uh, I think it's probably going to be good. I think everyone that's going to go through here today is probably going to be pretty happy. Um, and we're going to look to do more with the additional doses. But but anyone in Manatee, um, you know, if they don't want us doing it, then just tell us um, and we'll make sure that that uh, that we send those doses to to folks um, who want it. He never did answer the question about equity, but consider this. The Lakewood Ranch, where the governor was speaking, is owned by a family that includes some of the biggest GOP donors in the county. They gave more than $20 million to congressional candidates and almost a million dollars to the governor's campaign committee. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz of Broward says it appears the governor is using vaccination pods to reward his financial backers. And she says his response to the complaints about equity was vile. You know, I wish I could say that I'm surprised at the governor's response. He has really had a devil-may-care attitude and approach to the way he has managed the virus. Um, repeatedly, he has allowed super spreader events. Now he is allowing favoritism for people in wealthy zip codes. They essentially, I, I'd love to see an analysis of how many of those are donors of his. It wouldn't surprise me at all that uh, that many of them were donate, gave donations to his previous campaign or to his upcoming re-election campaign. And so um, to threaten that he'd pull vaccine if people don't like the way the distribution system is working um, is, is vile and shows the callous indifference that he has had in his approach to the way the vaccine is handled for this entire year. 
this is not a governor who has actually made an effort either in terms of public health or economically to take care of the people of Florida and keep them as safe as possible, either economically or in terms of public health. Wasserman Schultz says no one should be surprised by the governor's actions now because this is the way he's operated since the beginning of the pandemic. The governor has played politics with people's access to vaccinations. He's played politics with people's access to testing. He's ignored science. He's been opaque and and completely non-transparent when it comes to access to important data that people need. He's fired people who are trying to provide access to that public health information, and he's actually sent the police to uh, to to at least one person's house to uh, to try to uh, to muzzle her. So. I just hope people, uh, what I'm trying to do is shine a spotlight on not just the governor's gross negligence, but also have events so we can get the important information, public health information that people need to them so that they can take the necessary precautions themselves. People, if this has been an an every person for themselves approach that has been required, we've had to have other responsible elected officials urge our residents and our visitors to understand how to keep themselves safe. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's sad and disgusting that this governor has abdicated his responsibility throughout this pandemic. You have one job, keep people safe. That's your, uh, that, that's your primary responsibility in all, in all ways. He's, he's completely abdicated that responsibility. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed is also piling on the gov. Her office issued a statement saying, quote, there is no reason that Governor DeSantis should be rationing vaccines based on political influence. This is troubling and potentially illegal. Speaking of vaccines, there's a problem with the supply. It's called Mother Nature. Governor DeSantis says the winter storm has stalled the state's entire allotment of Moderna vaccine this week. Vaccine shipments are being delayed. Now, we did get the vast, vast majority of our Pfizer shipment this week. We received about 136,000 doses. So that's not that disruptive. Uh, The Moderna, though, uh, that entire shipment is still yet to come. So we think it's going to come hopefully by Thursday or Friday. Normally, we would have all the Moderna by Tuesday or Wednesday of each week. So, and what's happened is you see all the storms, you see a lot of the ice. I think some of this stuff's just uh, in Memphis or the places where they ship from. So it's a combination of the, the weather, the ice, and then obviously the different logistics that result from that. So uh, if you are, if you have an appointment like at a Publix for Thursday and they have to delay you, that's, that's almost assuredly why. So just have patience on it. There's nothing we can do with the weather in other states. We are going to get the Moderna, uh, but it is not uh, here when it normally would be here. As long as we're talking about COVID, let's turn to an expert. Dr. John Lednicki is a research professor with the Emerging Pathogens Institute at the University of Florida. And he says there are some things you should know about the UK variant of the disease. He gets kind of sciencey here, but if you pay attention, it's actually pretty scary. We have now become the major prominent state with a variant known as B.1.1.7. And this is a variant that first uh, was detected in the United Kingdom. Now, there are very important mutations in this particular variant. Number one, it has a mutation that makes it bind better to the receptor. So when a virus gets into a cell, it has to bind to its cell surface receptor. This variant does that 
a lot better. Number two, it has a mutation that allows it to enter the cells better. So just because it binds, if it doesn't get in very efficiently, uh, that's not very good. This one does a much better job than the original version. So those are two particular mutations of interest. There are additional mutations that are important. There's one we don't understand, and that's in the protein that replicates the virus uh, genetic material. What we do know is all the Florida variants have a unique mutation there. And maybe that's why we're seeing it spread more quickly than what we see with a very similar version in California. The one in Florida seems to be spreading more quickly. And the last thing to consider is there's still another mutation that helps it evade the immune system. Okay, so now we have a virus that sticks better, gets in better, may replicate better, and evades the immune system. And one thing that's very important to realize also is studies have shown that people produce a lot more of this virus in their upper respiratory system, which means that with these variants, there's a chance of spreading the virus more efficiently. And that seems to be the case. Authorities in England and elsewhere say that patients infected with this virus are able to spread it more easily. And that's why I'd like to tell, remind people, social distancing and wearing face masks are very, very important. They're effective. I, I also like to remind people in Florida that COVID did not become a real problem last year until after spring break. And that's because uh, we weren't very good at that time about washing our hand hygiene, for example, wearing face masks and social distancing. That's enough science for one day. Let's get back to the politics. A committee in the Florida Senate approves a bill that says presidential searches at state universities are exempt from the Sunshine Law, and the public really has no right to know until the finalists are selected. Senator Jeff Brandis of St. Pete says universities have already found a way to avoid the Sunshine Law, so they might as well make it official. You know, Florida is a leader in the Sunshine Laws, uh, and so generally everything involving government is an open meeting for us. What occurs today is, and the way that, that most universities deal with this issue of sunshine, is they go out and hire an executive search firm or a headhunter, which collects all the applications, which is completely done at the firm level, so that ultimately maybe only one or two members of that board uh, will we'll have access to a discussion with the headhunting group. And, is, and, and so What's going on today is most of this is occurring outside the sunshine today because it happens through a privately uh, held headhunting firm or executive search firm that's looking for these employees. Would you say such secrecy um, is needed in selecting a president? It's not so much secrecy. It's just how to. It's going through an executive headhunting firm today in order for these for these applicants. Uh, they're sending their applications to the headhunting firm. They're not sending them to the university. So we're not increasing secrecy or anything like that because no, the boards aren't seeing this information today. It's going to an executive headhunting firm, which is making the, the decisions and calling down the group and then presenting to a handful of members on the board ultimately who they've chosen. So this, I think this process will actually increase 
the amount of applicants that we that the board actually gets to see because today that's being limited by the headhunting firm which they've hired to do their executive search faculty unions oppose the change karen morian with the united faculty of florida says there's no reason to increase the amount of secrecy in the presidential search process what i heard the bill sponsor say was that currently the work of the headhunting firms is not open under the Sunshine Rules, and our reading of the Sunshine Laws are that agents of the state, their work is open to public scrutiny. What this bill would do is close that scrutiny and take that work out of the sunshine. So it doesn't do that piece. The other piece that has been put forward as the reason for this bill um, is also not valid under the way the bill is written and the way it would work. You have the contention that we would get better applicants if people were shielded from the sunshine. If someone's not comfortable applying in the sunshine, are they going to be comfortable doing the university or college's business in the sunshine as required by law? First question. Second question is, if they are really a good candidate, they will be in the finalist pool and their names and identities will be made public anyway. So it also does not protect a quality candidate from the sunshine. It merely protects the lesser candidates from the sunshine. The problem is, if this goes through, we will never know what quality pool we had because we will only see the finalists. There is nothing that would prevent a headhunting firm from putting forward one name and collecting a check because no one, not the faculty, not the community, not anyone at the university or anyone at the legislature could review that process. The head of the faculty union at Florida State University also spoke against the bill, but this is what lawmakers actually heard. We stand ranked among the top in public universities in the country. The Florida system at poll is ranked number one by some stand. There's little evidence of the claim that the sunshine reduces the quality of the applicant pool. Matthew Lotta was testifying remotely a few blocks from the Capitol, and when the internet lags, the testimony drags. You kind of have to wonder if the process is fair when witnesses can be gagged by an internet service provider. Things got a bit testy in the House Post-Secondary Education and Lifelong Learning Subcommittee as they debated a bill requiring state colleges and universities to conduct annual surveys about intellectual freedom on campus. Republicans have insisted for years that colleges are liberal bastions that gag conservatives, and they're hoping these surveys will prove it. But rather than delve into the nuanced arguments about the bill, let's just sit back and enjoy the drama as lobbyist Barney Bishop with Citizens for Responsible Spending gets under the skin of Representative Ramon Alexander. It doesn't matter whether you like the speech. It doesn't matter whether you like the speakers. It doesn't matter, Representative Alexander, it's the KKK. It doesn't matter if it's the communists. It doesn't matter if it's the Nazis. It doesn't matter one single bit. Everybody, everyone in this country has the right to freedom of speech and freedom of thought. You don't like it, walk away. You don't incite violence. Students at Catholic Georgetown feel that it's, they're unsafe because a pro-life speaker was invited. Tufts University promotes a retreat to root out racism among white Christian folks. Thank you. Just white Christian folks. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Representative Alexander, you're recognized for a question? I'm going to hold off because the juice isn't worth the squeeze, but I'm extremely offended. Thank you, Mr. Alex, Representative Alexander. Thank you. Let me take the mic. First of all, for you to suggest that I should walk away from Florida A&M University 
for the original terrorist organization in this country. It's just shameful, Barney. It's shameful. They're not the original terrorist organization. Are the original. It's, it's shameful, Barney. I can't believe you just said that. And you're a former member of the Family Board of Trustees. It's shameful you just I, said that. And Madam Chair, I proudly Sorry, served on the Family not, Board of Trustees. You're not recognized. Shame. Thank you. Complete BS. And you're not a Democrat. I am that, still. I'll show you my registration Please, card. Please, do not speak unless you are recognized. Ever hear that saying, when you're in a hole, the first thing you do is stop digging? Well, either way, the bill passed on a vote of 12 to 6. Your calendar of events and Florida Man are next, right after this message from the sponsors. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Time now for your daily calendar of political events. At 9, the Senate Finance and Tax Committee takes up a bill to expand the collection of sales taxes to include online purchases. The Senate Rules Committee meets at 9 to take up that bill that deals with the process for deducting union dues from the paychecks of public employees. Opponents call it union busting. At 10, the House Governmental Operations Subcommittee takes up a bill providing additional rights to firefighters accused of misconduct. The House Regulatory Reform Subcommittee meets at 10 to consider a bill allowing restaurants to sell or deliver alcoholic beverages to go if the drinks are accompanied by food. The House Pre-K-12 Appropriations Subcommittee meets at 10. They'll be having a panel discussion about the Florida Education Finance Program, which is the main funding source for public schools. The Florida Supreme Court releases opinions at 11. The Legislative Budget Commission meets at 1. They'll talk about approving an additional $4 million to process background checks amid a surge in people seeking concealed weapons licenses, the most ever. And the Visit Florida Board of Directors meets at 2 in the Swan and Dolphin Resort at Disney World. Finally today, a couple of Florida men who pretended to be federal marshals so they wouldn't have to wear masks are now facing criminal charges. When the staff at the Wyndham Deerfield Beach Resort told Wayne Brown and Gary Bummett to mask up, they whipped out some phony creds, threatened to arrest the employees, and fine the hotel. One of the workers was suspicious and called police, who showed up with a real marshal. They found the men wearing authentic-looking badges that read, Cherokee Nation Marshal. But investigators say the men had never been employed by the Cherokee Nation Marshals or by the U.S. Marshals. They're charged with impersonating federal officers, all to get out of wearing a mask. Florida man may not have the patent on stupid, but he always finds a way to take it to the next level. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 